I'm really happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish. Hello and welcome to On in Five. I am Austin Thomas. Uh, Tony is stashed deep in a drink of beer right now. Perfect timing. Wait. Uh, oh, I, casual episode. What's casual happening? Episode. Very casual episode. I'm joined by my good and best friend, Ethan Bonin, and no one else. Hey, I'm number one right. today. Hey, it's me, <laughs> Ethan. I'm just kidding. Tony's here. He's just had... Sometimes he can't resist. I get it. I just... That beer was looking pretty good. I'm drinking a Lagunitas IPA tonight, and uh, that is for a very special occasion. Today is the one year anniversary of I I'm I of on our podcast. Five. What is this podcast called? <laughs> what is it called? I don't remember. On in five. The reason that I was stumbling over my words is because I'm going to be talking about a band tonight called I'm Prettier Than You, which is my own <laughs> I band. Maybe that that's I where you accidentally had Yes, today's episode is going to be a little different than what you guys are used to. We decided that a lot of you have listened to the history of some of the most important bands in history and we aren't close to being done bringing those stories to you. Uh, in fact, we actually already have the next two series lined up for you and we've started researching them. And while we love to research them, it is a lot of work to do it. Getting it's a lot in the of reading. Dirt, getting our fingers deep in it. Uh, it's just it's a lot of, lots of reading. In it. So much. A lot of reading, a lot of documentary watching, a lot of website browsing and perusing and article reading so it's it's a lot of work and uh to say the least we've got a lot going on in our personal lives so over the next three episodes we're going to be doing something a little different uh which we will explain why when we go through today's subject our own history so we're going to go through each of our own musical histories and how we got to where we are now. We're going to let you peek are, through, the, through, through the curtain into our personal lives, because I'm sure that's what you're all dying for right now. <laughs> oh, you absolutely. know about my parental issues and everything. You want to know all of it. <laughs> now we're just going to give yeah. a little depth into why we love music and why we're doing this. You've heard of, you've heard 10 extremely successful bands and musicians, and so now we're going to give you three not, not successful so, musicians not at all. At it's like the all. opposite. It's the story you didn't get to see on television. <laughs> it's like three yeah, people that exactly. tried to be musicians and are now doing a podcast. Yeah. How about <laughs> it? Um, yeah, we we figure we are in no way as close to as important as the people who we share this list with or we're making our sh- ourselves share this list with. But we figured you may want to know about our past and what people who don't make it as musicians look like uh, in, in my case anyway. I, personally, I'm not going to speak for you. I'm oh, definitely <laughs> hardly trying. All in the same boat. Nope. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we will give a shortened, sparked notes version of what we did in the musical world and how we landed on starting a podcast. The natural death cycle of the failed musician. <laughs> That is correct. Maybe someday when we get really famous, we'll all three of us get back together and we'll try and start a band maybe, again because maybe. I'm going to have to learn the, the bass that, to do that. Got to get, get the bass, Austin. <laughs> you just got to do it. Look forward to it. I look forward to it. Could be good. Could so, be good. We're going to start with me. 
Anton or Tony Ryder. I go by both names and you have heard both names over the episode. I introduced myself as Anton and Ethan and Austin call me Tony. There's a reason for that. It doesn't matter. Uh, my parents named me Anton when I was born on January 9th, 1992 in the small town of Iowa Falls, Iowa. I was born at the Ellsworth Hospital. Woo! Yeah, I was a pretty quiet kid. Cool. It's an apartment complex <laughs> now. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people died yep. there. So it's probably really hot I'm looking Pretty at cool. buying a unit. Oh, man. You can't <laughs> afford yeah. it, honestly. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. I absolutely can't. <laughs> It's grossly overpriced for what it is. Um, I was a pretty quiet kid, choosing to play alone when I was young, oftentimes losing myself for hours with Legos, connects, drawing, or anything else building or, or design related. One thing that did catch my attention at a young age was music. My father, Alan Ryder, played music his entire life, playing in a band called Roxylvania Avenue, which was a bar cover band, you know, the ones you see Friday and Saturday nights at any bar you go to, named after the street we grew up on. So I grew up to his band practices while he played guitar and, more importantly to me, the drums. And I, too, lived just off of Roxylvania, as did Ethan also, too, live kind of close to Roxylvania. And and it took a long time for us to all become friends somehow. The longest time. <laughs> too long, yeah. yeah. We were all right in, our, right in each other's proximities, and we just somehow danced so around close. it for far Bike too long. Dancing with the devil my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Austin, did you ever hang out at Julie O'Neill Park? Julie O'Neill. I mean, I tried Watch. not to, but I definitely did. JLP. Yeah, <laughs> I was there I spent too often. Yeah. yeah, which is weird because I spent. We must have been taking shifts. I definitely yeah. saw Ethan's dad there with his shirt off a lot. My dad right? shirtless playing <laughs> basketball Wednesday night. Everyone saw it. Everyone's there. Everyone saw that. Bunch of like eighth graders and then Bill Bonings. <laughs> Just like running a clinic. 50, truly. Yeah. 58 year old Bill Bonings. <laughs> so I took to drums like uh, a. Fish to water, sleeping in the open kick drum from the time I could get down the steps to our basement where they would practice. My dad and his band would take smoke breaks, and when they did, I would jump on his old Tama Rockstar drum set that he had and play as much as I could until he got back. Those were the best five minutes of my life. My parents were huge fans of classic rock, so that's what I was exposed to in my early years. It was a lot of ACDC, Rush, Styx, Van Halen, you name it, in the classic rock world. Uh, we, I was listening to it. My parents got divorced when I was young and got remarried when I was not. God, how much my stepfather. Like? Sucks for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> loser. Divorce, man, huh? <laughs> uh, you, you guys have divorced parents. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's true, yeah. Well, uh, I got married. Never yeah, mine never got married. So. <laughs> mine got married when I was in second grade, so. Uh, so my new stepfather, Joe Husted, was a huge fan of country music. He liked old country and modern country alike, or modern uh, for 2001 standards. So I expanded my horizons to names like George Strait, Dwight Yoakam, Brad Paisley, Kenny Chesney, and many more. For a while, I was a full-fledged country boy, only listening to country radio, and actually, I still listen to this era of country today. I really like it. I'm really jealous of that, because my dad raised me to think that country was terrible, and um, I bought into it hard, obviously. I'm going to listen to my dad. And so, I started getting into country pretty re retroactively, so, mm. yeah. Yeah, it's good. I, would, I, I don't really, I'm not really a fan of modern country. Yeah. yeah. I don't like that stadium good, country. You know? I went through that country. phase where I was like, I'll listen to anything that's not country, and which oh, is yeah. Weird because yeah. I grew up listening to a lot of country. Like my grandma was really into stuff like Hank Williams Sr. But 
I I came back to it. I I get it now. Yeah, I just there was a time. Every I think everyone went through it. Where it's like it's country. Yeah. I don't give a mm-hmm. shit about it. It's but called being fine. Being a prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was 11, my dad bought a bar in the small town of Alden, Iowa, population 750 souls. The infamous swamp. <laughs> not not that infamous, but it sounds fun. It's infamous in our house because it was a money pit. Uh, well, <laughs> it's really money pretty, siphon? pretty sad. Yeah. It was a pit. No, we just threw money. You just in. keep oh, yeah, throwing it burning in. it. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a few miles away from our hometown. And if there's something you need to know about small town Iowa towns, that there's not there's not much to do in them. So the bar becomes the meeting place for everyone. It was actually so popular in the town that the town's mayor cleaned the bar every day before they opened up. We spent a lot of time at this bar, even spending Christmas Eve and Christmas morning there, which sounds trashy because it is, but it was super <laughs> Damn fun! It was so fun. Hey, I've spent like many, a little many a night in a bar. Oh, it's a good time. It's a good time. As a child, there was like a, a little like living area. It had two recliners on it. Had a little cheap like it, the living room that the living quote area looked like a like a college apartment. Like just stuff you'd find on curbs, just thrown <laughs> in there. And then there was a big rear projection TV, and it, it was it was so good. So they would open up the pool tables, have like Christmas movies playing on that all night. And then the bar was closed. Like there was no patrons in there. So it's just us. And then we would just play pool all night. We would drink Shirley temples. And then when it was time for bed, uh, there were three pool tables and we would sleep on the pool tables <laughs> at night. So uncomfortable, really but it was a preteen's dream. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just sleeping directly on a stone. Sweet, essentially, yeah. It's oh, fine. bad. <laughs> So while I was there, I got to play with Roxylvania Avenue when they opened up for 80s power ballad band Firehouse, which I know you guys have heard of, right? Yes. Ooh. No, I haven't. Uh-oh. No. Baby, don't treat me bad. This could be the best thing that you ever heard. You just made oh, that up, right? That's a really catchy song. Uh, yeah, their their I, biggest hit. Now I get it. Is, it kind of goes like this. I finally found the love of a lifetime. Yeah, you're also making this one up. I don't believe you. That's, if I was making that up, I'd be a millionaire right now because it's a hit. <laughs> are they millionaires right now? Yeah, they, they played I, in all in Iowa, so I assume they're not. <laughs> Definitely uh, assume they're not. $500 flat rate to play in Alden. We'll take yeah, it. We will take that's it. actually more than we made last week. So yeah, we'll take that. We will. Yeah, it's fine. No, it was it was a lot of fun. Their their stuff is very catchy. I would recommend looking it up because it's good. It's I, they were just off like they were they were B rated eighties band yeah. and uh, but they're they're fun. They're take fun a to listen to. Take a look. Yeah. Take a look. So my dad got them to play at this local fest that he put on. Uh, I think he also had other bands like the Oak Ridge Boys. Um, like he did it for a couple years, but this was the biggest year. Like the Firehouse was the biggest band they got. Uh, and so since he was the owner, he booked himself as the opening band. That is genius marketing. That's what that is. <laughs> it's yeah. good. You got it's to. It's good. Yeah. Just really leech yourself on <laughs> with someone why, big. Why not? Genius. Yep. 
So one of the fun things that they thought it'd be fun to do uh, was they decided to have a 14-year-old play a song, and that 14-year-old was me. So Roxylvania, as I said, was a cover band, so I got to choose which song I wanted to play. So I chose the song Cuts Like a Knife by Brian Adams. What a fucking and tune. The whole, the whole reason I chose it was just because it starts with the drums, the old pop. And I was like, yeah, I, I rec- I'll play that because it starts with drums. And then my dad was like, uh, you have to choose the tempo for it. So if you screw up the tempo, it's going to go way faster, way slow. I nailed it. Let me just tell you, I fucking nailed it. I did it perfectly. If you were worried for even a second, get it out of your mind. Yeah, Tony's perfect. Tony's a human metronome. Don't don't be worried about that. It was perfect. Yeah, we rehearsed a couple times, and then on August 12th, 2006, I played in front of hundreds of people who piled onto the Alden streets. As a 14-year-old, it was very, very cool. And like they were they just kind of were like, Oh, we're gonna have a very special guest for this next song. And then the special guest is my son, Tony Ryder. <laughs> and I came on and everyone was like, mm. and then and then uh, they all got out their little cheap 2006 phones and tried to record it. I really want to find a video of it. So if anyone was somehow listening to this that was in Alden on that night, I want to see a video I don't of it. Know and you if still video have the- on phone was a thing at this point. Well, it might have been pictures. Yeah, maybe like someone got hand something. Cam. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So I actually got to meet the band as well, uh, Firehouse, not Roxylvania Avenue. I knew those guys. <laughs> uh, and I even played the drummer's drum set for a little bit in Firehouse, which was a small dream come true. I didn't know it was a dream I had, but it was a dream that came true mm-hmm. for me. That'll happen. Yeah. So when I wasn't dicking around at a bar... I was trying to play the drums wherever I could. The band practice moved to the bar as well, so I would go with them when I got to get the chance to play the drums when they would take (laughs) breaks, just like in the basement, but at the bar. And it was fun because I could dick around at a bar. I got good enough that I wanted to play the drums wherever I could. When I was in middle school, I went with my sister to her high school, she was four years older than me, where they would get ready to go to marching band for the town's football games. They would play in the stands and then they would play the halftime show. Not good. We weren't good. Uh, the football team or the marching band, <laughs> but it was fun to go to. Uh, and so I did this for two reasons. One, because I could get into the football for games for free with the band. They were sneaking in a little like 14-year-old, which is cool, or 13, 14-year-old, whatever. And two, because the school had a drum set. And so when I got there, I would plop myself down and play. Everyone was practicing their instrument, and, pl- and it was really loud in there, so I had no problem just jamming along. I was noticed by a guy a couple years older than me who was in high school named Justin Alstead, who was an incredible drummer. I still stand by. He's one of the best drummers that ever came out of Iowa Falls. He played oh, kid the shredded. quads. Oh, he played the quads <laughs> for the University of Iowa marching band. Uh, he was like a drum major there and stuff. Very, very talented drummer. He asked if I had ever taken drums or drum lessons before. And when I said no, he offered to teach me. He also invited me to join a group called Sheltered Reality, which was a nonprofit drum group that would play events and church services for a small price around the Midwest. The leader was an eccentric, enthusiastic, not gay guy. Not gay. Definitely. He was straight as a rail, who encouraged everyone to wear the most vibrant clothing possible when they were playing. Like I remember having to like borrow people's clothes because there's a he lot said, of neon going on in there. Oh, Lots it was of bright the colors. Loudest, lo- loudest patterns you could find was what he wanted you to play. Again, not 
gay. Nah. <laughs> not, not gay. Not gay. <laughs> Don't get confused here. <laughs> um, we would play the timbales, which if you don't know what those are, they're stand-up, two drums, they're very loud, and cowbells, uh, The another incredibly, just two of the most obnoxious instruments <laughs> yeah. you could play is what yeah. we played. We played hits like P.O.D.'s, The Youth of a Nation, and We've Got the Beat and Vacation by the Go-Go's. There would be this big PA system that would blast the music, and then there would be like 30 kids playing these timbales over the music. It was like, it was so loud. You could hear it in the whole goddamn town. (laughs) (laughs) Bend Rally, multiple years in a row. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, sweet so we, though, honestly. Yes, it was. It was a good time, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, we played various events around the state, and when I was in it, we even went to Chicago, uh, and we had to pay our own way there, and since I was uh, little, like in middle school, I actually DJed one of my middle school dances to raise money for. My dad was a DJ, and the, the my dad said he would take a huge pay cut for this event if I could be the DJ and not him. So I think he got paid like $150 and then he gave me 75 of it. I was not a good DJ. I was a really bad (laughs) DJ. (laughs) Well, you put the skills to the test in later years to come. Mm. (laughs) My sister wanted to be in sheltered reality so bad. She bought your guys a CD and would practice in a room like night after night. Like she would keep the CD on repeat. It was damn annoying i don't know i don't know if i feel comfortable with you lumping me in at i'm this sorry point. but it's happened your your cd just doesn't feel what right. you helped create the, the, the cd that you guys drummed up. to for sheltered reality the one that played on the pa really loud oh I, I when i was doing research for this episode i was trying to look up stuff about it and uh, i found the brochure and stu- and the form for it, and it's like four hundred dollars to get them to play anywhere you want, and it looks like it the the form like the the form was made in like Microsoft Word, like it's very <laughs> cheaply no done, sense. and very cheap. The website no is just it. one page. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's been updated in quite a while, but they still have stuff on their calendar, man. They're still somehow going. Um, wow, they're rocking it still. That's some. Yeah, I don't. I huh. don't know how. I eventually got out. I phased myself out of sheltered reality and played more conventional drums, moving from the timbales to the drum set. Uh, I actually chose to play trombone when I was in the fifth grade, and I pr- primarily chose to play this because I was really short, and most people said that I couldn't play the trombone. That was the one instrument I couldn't play, and so I was stubborn and i did it out of spite god which damn a- it you proved them mother frickers wrong <laughs> that's right i was number three trombone i think out of like six so top top half Pretty good. I, Pretty yeah not good. bad at all so when i got to high school i was one of the best drummers in the band and i played trombone so my band director <clears throat> said that uh she wanted to make a deal with me and so for marching and pep band i could play the drums and for cart concert band i would play the trombone so for five months out of the school year i was a drummer playing the marching quads with justin for the marching band and quads and trap for the pep band uh and i did not know how to read music and i was the second best drummer in the band and i just memorized parts and i very much regret not playing drums because i very much wish i could play uh, read drum music now, but I can't. That's fine. I'll probably never learn. I'm the same way. I can't read musical notes on sheet music, but I know what the uh, tonation stuff means. That's all I know how to read. Yeah, that's all you really yeah. know. Uh, yeah, I'm not good at like even seeing a rhythm and playing it unless I hear You're it first, and then I can I can hear it, and then yeah, Austin, <laughs> Austin can just read all yeah, of every it. instrument I play. I can read the music of. 
Hey, good Austin job. Austin was almost a band director himself because he's like a savant. Should have been it. Should have done it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, so this was my main source of drumming, playing in the marching and pep band until 2009. I was approached by Ray's Harmon, a guy a few years older than me, saying that he was starting a new project and wanted to know if I wanted to join, which I was all in. This dude was like, he had like a new project like every six months. He was always trying something new. He was a guitarist and a singer and he was always trying something. So finally I got my turn with him uh, and I didn't have a drum set at the time or I did, but it was a very cheap, no name drum set that I got for Christmas. It was like a hundred dollars. Uh, so we decided to make a Frankenstein set, a Frankenstein set while we practiced we recruited another local guitarist one of my good friends matthew brady hereby known as brady everyone calls him brady, brady. We, practi- brady. brady. we practiced through the summer writing a couple songs when we were approached by a guy in our town to ask if we wanted to record something we recorded a song and realized it sounded a little hollow so we asked our other friend matt booth hereby known as booth if he wanted to play bass for us He was a guitarist by trade, but he decided to try out the bass because he wanted to be in a band. That was the lineup that we practiced through the summer. And once school got back in session, we played our first show in Race's Backyard with our official name. I'm prettier than you. Not a great name. Hey, it's not forgettable. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I guess I do think Race was listening to uh, Cute is What We Aim For pretty heavily at the time. Nothing wrong yeah. with that, but I mean, that that kind of explains the thought process. You can really see the the connection there. Yeah, there was, there's no like fun story about it. We were trying to figure out names, and then I think at one point he just texted us and was like, we're going with I'm Prettier Than You. And we were like, that's funny, that's a clever name, and so we did, and that's what we were for a long time. So we played this show with an old crappy PA, and I borrowed my dad's Tama drum set. It was a really good turnout. And so we thought we had something. I think there was like 50 people there. We just played it on this little cement pad right beside, right outside of Race's barn. And like, and it was a lot I of fun. I collected the money. Hell yeah, you know we charged. <laughs> you know we charged to get in. I wanted to go so bad. <laughs> and I don't know time. what happened. A, yeah, there's quite a lot of people Didn't there. Didn't go. Yeah. You really missed out, man. I it was know. a good time. Uh, so we played... So after that, we decided well, we were going to keep doing this. So we played in Iowa Falls, Ames, Cedar Falls, Des Moines, and really anywhere we could. That Christmas, I actually got really lucky, and my dad gave me his Tama drum set. So it was officially mine. I didn't have to play on a no-name drum set anymore. And so that was I was really stoked for that. Uh, and then after that, we went to Minnesota to IPR, which is a recording school up in Minneapolis, where Race had a friend who was studying there. And that's where we recorded our second song. The guy got class credit for it, and we got a song out of it, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah, win-win. It doesn't sound very good, but it was good. <laughs> hey, it's just fine. you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, That's right. You got to start somewhere. So, so we continued to play wherever we could, including city festivals like Fourth of July and city jams, birthday parties, uh, grad parties, whatever we could play, we did it. We really didn't say no to anything. We played in multiple churches. So like It was very fun. We played in one church, and we played The Devil Went Down to Georgia because we thought it'd be funny. It was funny to us. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't matter. Everyone else hated it. <laughs> well, it. A lot of things are fun for us and really no one else. Yeah, but that's well, the, hey, look, you know, 
this whole podcast. You can't do, you can't do it for you. We're there times with this yes. with this media. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> so then, so then, in the summer of 2010, we decided that we were going to legitimately record. So we decided that we were going to go up to 37 studios in Rochester Hills, Michigan, who saw names like Hawthorne Heights, Machine Gun Kelly, Yellow Wolf, as well as many other big names. We were produced and recorded by Matt Dalton, who was actually the official producer for the band I See Stars for a while. And then there was us. We were out of our element. <laughs> I think he worked really least. closely with. Uh... Craig Owens from Chiodos as well, right? Yeah, I think he so. Was yeah, because like I think a producer for his solo stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah, and then there's just the little freaking four little fuckheads. I'm prettier than you. <laughs> Stepping in. <laughs> oh yeah, we paid thirteen hundred dollars, and you know that guy was like, "These guys are did, garbage." Did he? Did he tell you what date to come? Is that what happened? He laughed. He laughed all the way to the bank. Oh yeah, yeah. We just set up. <laughs> yeah, studio he's like, time. "This like, is what I have open. This is what I mean." You I, get. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of how it works. Anytime. Yeah, you don't that's go when how they don't have. Yeah, time that's open. true. Yeah, unless yeah, unless you're like a legitimate band, you can be like, "Hey, we're coming this yeah, week it's a to record." Yes, yeah, but yeah, we were just like, "We want, we want to record some music. Can we record some music, sir?" <laughs> He's like, "Oh yeah, All just right, make sure that yeah. check doesn't bounce, and we're good to go." So we headed up there. We recorded three songs over three days, and when we were done, we put out an official EP called Turning Pages. It's generic, poppy punk rock, uh, but, you know, I'll put it on our website for everyone to hear. I have no qualms about it. It's kind of fun. It was a great time, and we had a good time while we were there. Hey, that's all that so, matters, man. Exactly, that's man. So we brought along our friend Andrew Gustin, who is our unofficial keyboardist, and I say unofficial because he could barely play his instrument, but he had to look. <laughs> he, he did he looked look. Good. Yep, he looked, he good looked like he should be in a pop punk band, uh, and he couldn't play. Like I said, he couldn't play the instrument. He actually just got a synth with his grad money, and so we decided he he, he was in. Um, literally, I think literally we said, "Yeah, just go buy yourself a synth." He had a little microphone, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like a legitimate. Yeah, it was a like good, a legit, it was a good little synth. Thank you. I remember. And then he sold it because he's like, I don't have a use for this. I don't need this anymore. Uh, yeah. And then we actually also brought along Austin here, who did vocals on one of our songs called Scandalous Me. I was not very great at the time. <laughs> it was fine. It was I still love it. I still love it. Austin, was that was that your first time like screaming on an album? Yeah. Or like doing something, any legitimate recording? It was the first time that was not in my car or in Ethan's attic. Or at my computer making a sweet Devil yeah, Wears yeah, Prada yeah. cover. That's true. We did that yeah, just too, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did. I tried to forget I'm that just, too, and it just came up. Oh, I'm just man. glad that we could. We got a we got a popular recording cherry, man. That means a lot to uh, us. Yep, yep. my first well, time a lot to me specifically. We actually joke a lot that that uh, whenever Andrew was giving you shit at the time, we would just say like, "Well, Andrew, you're not even on our album, and Austin is. So technically, Austin's more in the band than you are." But that's yeah. fine. Take um, that, Gustin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, suck it, Andrew. So it was so driving up there. It was seven guys crammed into like a Chrysler town and country for a thirteen-hour car ride with all of our equipment, and we decided to take out the middle seat. And Austin and I claimed the whole middle floor. So it on was two guys in front, time. two guys who took up a lot of space between Austin and I, and then three guys crammed onto the back bench seat. But goddamn, was it worth it? Oh, it was great. It was a fun time. Uh, and. And one thing you guys need to know is when we weren't recording, we were screwing around with the other band that was there, a band called To Breathe Among Giants. Uh, we also played on our computers, like video games on our computers and everything. But like, you know, it was it was a pretty wild time. Uh, I was I 
was naked. This is 10 years ago. I was naked most of the time we were there. Yeah, and, it, was uh, a, it was a lot. It was a real... It was most of the time. <laughs> Which you yeah. think would sound weird, but it's the only reason we became friends with this other band that was there. <laughs> yes. So we, so the first day we were there, it was very standoffish. I don't know how you're supposed to act around other bands that you don't know, but like they had a back bedroom and then we took the living room to sleep on because you stayed in the studio. And like we did not talk to each other. We like caught glances of each other and it wasn't didn't really say even any like cordial. Like there was no like highs or like how's it going? No, it, was it was really tense. weird. <laughs> It was real standoffish. But the second day, when when the when the when the engineer was leaving, I decided it'd be funny to get butt naked and stand on the on the like a chair on top like of a, a chair, old, like an old general on his horse. <laughs> and the guy walk the engineer walks into like the living area. I'm directly to his left. He looks to the right and goes, "Well, have a good evening, guys. See you tomorrow." And then walks out. Never sees us. I am. I'm literally like a statue. I don't move. And the other band comes out and they're like, what the hell just what happened? What was that? Like, this guy literally had to turn his head enough to make his chin sh- match with his shoulder. Like he did not yeah. have to turn far and he didn't even, he somehow walked right through that hall without seeing and, and somehow it made everyone want to hang and out. After that, we were all so close. We were, we got so close that uh, they actually recorded one of, we were, they recorded on one of our songs and I believe we recorded on one of their yeah, songs. Like we did, vocal. we did gang vocals nice. on each other's songs. Was, we got that close. And then after the fact, we played a couple shows with them. They came down for a couple nights. They were from Chicago and it was just a good time. Yep. All I'm saying is my dick brings people together. That's that's it's the point of the story. It's it always very has kind of honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a magnificent sight. <laughs> Tony Ryder, twenty twenty. Uh, so after we that's were done, that's a good got, platform. That's a platform <laughs> we can get behind. I have a dick <laughs> that brings people together. That's <laughs> you, can yes. call, you can call me Linden, man. Oh call God. me old Linda B. Johnson. Big old hog. <laughs> Biggest hog in history. Yep. <laughs> Oh man. So after we were done, we got the songs back and we moved to Cedar Falls where we started college. We were just trying to promote this as much as we could. And it got made things a lot easier since we were in a big town. We played places like The Hub, which is since closed, and Spicoli's, which is somehow still somehow open. kicking still. I does <laughs> no one really does knows. Does not make that. any sense. <laughs> yeah. Mo- for t- those names won't mean much to most people, but they cocaine. were just local. <laughs> they might be it could running, easily okay. be um, th- th- those were just little music venues doesn't really matter to most listeners but in late 2010 a venue opened up called the wheelhouse which got a lot bigger shows in and god, during our time ruled. there that was incredible god it was so good i don't know why it did so poorly because it was like top of the line venue and they got huge names in there like i think it's just that it was cedar really falls the shows did well when they be. came but they didn't couldn't come often enough Damn. That's very true. Yeah. When we played there, we played with names like the Ready Set, which is a very poppy band, uh, Red, which is like a more like hard rock band. And then uh, the band that everyone would know would be Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. We played with them. And so, uh, yeah, you know, you know that band. Huh? Face yeah. down in the dark. She said, This is She said, They were. They were so annoyed that they had to play that song. Like they played all of their music, and then right at the end, they were like, "All right, we got one more for you." And then it's it is, and everyone went wild, yeah. and you could just see the life leaving yeah. the band. They're like, "Man, we hate God this song. Damn it! Why is the only other good song we wrote completely acoustic?" Yeah, yeah. Shit. <laughs> so good. That is a so, good song. It is so good. <laughs> 
So we were a very high energy band. Uh, we just really like to have a good time. We made our songs as fast as possible because we like us. I mean, we just wanted to jam on stage, whatever, and dick around. So Brady Booth, Andrew, who is now in the band, albeit pretty shortly, had a really great time on stage. We would have choreographed slow-mo fights during a breakdown of one of the songs and then synchronized dance moves for a lot of our other songs. Like it was all very corny, but it was a ton of fun. We really loved doing it. It was a good time. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was like, you could start to see a little rift in the band at this point, because when we, while we were all having this really fun time, like race, our lead singer, uh, he would like just stand there and like, he held his hands out. Like he was like some, uh, like Thanos. Yeah, like, like a just, weird theatric type of thing, and then he'd like yeah. move his arms dramatically when there was a big crescendo in the in the music. And, yeah. and we were all just dicking around in the back, like obviously having a great time. And it was like Race just was doing it for the you know for the look of it. And I, I don't want to rag too much on him because you know he's still I wouldn't say he's my friend, but I I don't have any ill feelings towards him. <laughs> he's so, an acquaintance, but it's fine. Yeah, if I ran into him, I'd say hi to him and whatever. Yeah. But, um, so. We also entered and won a contest for a local magazine called Yellow Brick, in which we won a photo shoot, which I'll put those photos up because I'm very proud of those photos, uh, a spot in the magazine, and the biggest prize was a session at a studio in Des Moines called The Sonic Factory. So we had created more music and decided to try out these new, more intricate tracks. So in early 2011, we headed to Des Moines to record at this at the studio. We recorded for three days there. Those songs were released, and we kept working and playing through the year. During that year, Andrew left the band, just kind of like kicked him out. And he like we were like, Andrew, we really like you, man, but I don't think we're gonna. I don't think this is working. He's like, Cool, man. Oh, peace. I'm out. Like, <laughs> yeah, he right. was so happy. He was so happy that he was out. Oh, man. And then yeah, like I said, he very quickly sold his synth and moved on with his life. Hello, so we did decide that we did decide that we wanted a piano in the band. We liked that that we liked the feeling that that gave us, uh, and so we asked another friend of ours, Chris Powell, to join. He was studying vocals and piano at UNI and was easily the best musician th uh, in the band, like f miles above Very the rest of us. Guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a great addition to the band. Like he was, he was, he he was an incredible singer and. Race was not the best singer. Again, don't want to rag too much on race. Um, but like, like race would do his parts and he would sometimes be a little flat with his notes. And Chris was so good that he would harmonize with the flat notes because he knew it was better to harmonize with the wrong note than to sing himself the right note and make it sound clashing that way. Lord. So like, he was real, real talented. Next you're going to yeah. tell me he pitch shifted with the little pitch shifter on his keyboard to make that in tune too. <laughs> you know, maybe, we, maybe we should have, that would have been probably for the best. Um, <laughs> so, uh, he was a great addition to the band and 2011 was a great year for us, but all that would come to an end in early 2012. Brady was going to school at Wartburg about 20 minutes north of UNI and it's a little private school where they had like a talent show battle of the bands. We thought we were shoo-ins. We'd already been a band for two years. We'd recorded twice, been on little short weekend warrior tours, yada, yada, yada. We thought it was going to be easy peasy, go win some money. So we went to play it. When we lost, we lost to like this... I don't know. I think it was like a comedian with like an arm defect. I don't, I don't Some know. Some sort what, of palsy maybe? Like, no, like his arm was underdeveloped and so he had the oh. short. Yeah, it, it's fine. But like, I think. I, I think that know, could be fine. from palsy. It could. Yeah. I don't maybe. know. I don't, I don't, no, I don't understand know. these things. I'm not a doctor. It doesn't I know matter, that. I guess. <laughs> but this wasn't. But yeah, he won. He won. We lost. And we were very, well, 
Some of us were very upset about it. Uh, it created a pretty big rift in the band. Race thought that we should have won. It should have been no problem. And he began questioning everything. Like Brady Booth, Chris and I went to like Burger King afterwards. And we got this long text message that said, we need to reevaluate the band. I don't think that this is working for us. We should like basically, and it all came from this, this loss. And so we were like, well, I don't, God. Well, the, the four of us were just like, I don't give a shit what happens. I have a quick like, question. Yeah, what's up? What what was the price? Like, what did you really lose? Hmm. Like a couple hundred dollars. Oh, wow. It was really, it, yeah, it was not. It was the pride more not, than anything. Nothing. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. all about, yeah, just the fact that we didn't win was all that mattered. God, there's um, nothing worse than seeing the the band chat ping, and it's just a long, huge wall of text. Uh, I can't tell yeah. you how many times my stomach has dropped straight into my nuts. It's real tank, and yeah, God. yeah. We were all just trying to enjoy our freaking angry whoppers and and our. Uh, I'm and pissed our off. I want to have a hot, hot piece of uh, shit sandwich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were, yeah, and and it was just like, oh, we gotta, we gotta figure this out. Like, we can't do this. Whatever, blah blah blah. So we we re like evaluated our whole sound, and and we like even we're gonna change up our our name. It, we're gonna become a whole new band basically just because we didn't we didn't know what we were gonna do. Hey, Tony, so. Yeah. Been through that. Still didn't help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> does same. not does not work. Yes. Yeah. We 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 had stuff written and it was kind of catchy, but like it just did not it didn't work. Whatever. Uh but in mid-2012, we decided it wasn't gonna work, and so we decided to call it quit. Funnily enough, actually, we decided to get back together in late 2012 to play the 2013 Battle of the Bands. We practiced twice, then played the show and won easily we played a rendition of bob's don't let me down and then two originals uh we thought about rejoining like you know when you get back with an ex-girlfriend you have sex and it's like yeah we could probably awesome. make this work again <laughs> and then you realize oh wait i hate so you said to call it quits again Jesus <laughs> brady booth and i played the 2014 <laughs> battle of the vans just for fun we just got together again played a couple times we were just dicking around uh we didn't win that's fine and then after that that was truly it for i'm prettier than you i played drums for a local church for a couple years but that too fell by the wayside when i got a job that conflicted with the time now i play in a basement by myself to my headphones um and so that's me musically now i'm going to talk briefly about this podcast and why it got started because i really like this story so i'd always been fascinated with music and the creation of music and how that kind of happens to be um and so i decided or so austin and i decided in 2018 that we wanted to do a podcast you know they were booming austin and i were listening to a lot of podcasts we really liked it so we decided we want to try it for ourselves but we had no idea what we wanted to do it over uh, and so we just kind of sat on it for a little bit. And so I actually looked bit. at, yeah, uh, <laughs> I was kind of watching like documentaries and stuff like that on, on musicians. And, uh, I looked at that famous issue or that famous image of Led Zeppelin when they're outside their plane, like, you know, they're all standing by the big you know wing the of their, they're like 727, whatever plane they have. I don't know. You think could tell you what, if I'm right or wrong there. It's probably a Learjet um, if it's small. I think it was big. If it's That's big, 47? Okay, if it's big, it's, it's a, probably a Boeing. Yeah, I think it's a full-size jet. Um, and so I was really curious, like, what did Led Zeppelin do right to get to the point where they could afford a jet? Like, for every band that makes it, there's a thousand bands that don't make it. So why, does, why did that one band make it? Like, how did their sound do it? And why do bands make it every day, but other bands don't make it? You know, you look at bands that are... 
like universally seen as like garbage bands. Why are they world famous? But there are a lot of bands that are really good. Why are they not really famous? So that's kind of got in my head. And so I started looking up behind the scenes stuff of it, like how they kind of got to the point where they did. And I was like, this would be the perfect idea for a podcast, an in-depth history of musicians. So I pitched that idea to Austin for On and Five. Loved it. Uh, Loved it. Loved it. But we had no idea where we were going to start. Uh, we had we like didn't have any technical knowledge or anything like that. It was just, yeah, we should do this. And then Austin kind of said, like, yeah, get it started, you know. And you can, I'm, I'm going to explain this poorly. So why don't you explain your side so I don't make you sound like an <laughs> asshole? <laughs> I, I was basically just like, I'm, I'm all in. I'm pretty bad with technology. So if you can, if you can get the stuff or tell me what I need to get and how I need to do it, I'm all on board and. Basically, we decided we were going to do it, and I was like, all right, do we start with Guns N' Roses or do we start with ACDC? Those are my votes. And then Tony said, let's do Guns N' Roses, and then we did real quick. And that's that's how it was. Yeah, I just gotten a job at the at UNI where Austin and I went to school, and I worked in IT, and one of the benefits of IT is that they, there's a checkout area that, where you can check out a ton of equipment. And so I was like, all right, we can do this. And so we just immediately like hit the hit the ground running, started reading books, everything like that. And then Ethan said that he uh, that was in April 2018 that all that happened. Um, and so Ethan heard what we were doing. We were talking about it on a Facebook messenger group or whatever. And Ethan was a part of it and asked if he could tag along, which we said, hell yeah. But just a uh, heads yeah. up. This thing is a fucking rocket, man. Like, yeah. Hold on, because yeah. we are, things are moving. Like, we were like, all right, you got to start reading a book. You got to, like, we're going to meet up on this day. Yeah, we like, got to be ready to meet up within, like, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so on May 4th, 2019, one year to the day of this recording, we recorded episode one, Guns N' Roses, part one, in Ethan's dad's spare bedroom. One under year a, ago. One year. We did it. PBC anniversary. Blankets. Anniversary show. Oh, we did it. <laughs> we're here to stay. Well, <sighs> little thirty dollar, little thirty dollar studio. Uh, doesn't sound great. We probably don't sound great ourselves, but that's fine. We all got really drunk and recorded from like eight p.m. to three a.m. And ever since then, it's been a hell of a ride. We've recorded almost religiously. That's yeah, my we, story, we're man. We're pretty strict on on recording. Twenty yeah, six episodes, yeah. I think. I think it's every two weeks, yeah. and so that's that's it. Got it's been so fun. Got make something so good. Got to have a schedule. Yeah, it's been so much fun. <sighs> One time. All right, oh, man. I guess it's my turn. You're up, buddy. It's been a whole year, huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs> my name is Ethan Michael Allen William Bonine. <laughs> Three middle names, man. That's very, very badass. I hope, like, I hope you assassinate a president or something so that you go down in history with all your names, like John Wilkes Booth or, or Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Like, I hope newscasters have to say, Ethan Michael <laughs> Allen William Bonin took the shot. You know, the, 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 the fatal shot. That's the only way to live up to a name like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, the yeah. funny thing is, I share a last name and a middle name with a fairly infinite, infamous serial killer named William Bonin and he killed yeah. and raped like 23 boys that he got charged for at least <laughs> that is, that is called him the fun. freeway wow. killer yeah it's pretty it's pretty true. cool it's pretty true look at that yeah. pretty cool name two, yeah two William, fists William Bonin. There, man. it's not my dad who has the same name definitely not <laughs> but he did name him at, name you after him though you bet, yeah, I mean intentionally I, I think my dad named me after him but I, who knows who could <laughs> no, know who could I don't know, know about that I don't know I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> I was born on June 21st, 1992 in Iowa Falls as well. 
I moved a lot as a child, but eventually my parents did come back to Iowa Falls halfway through kindergarten. My dad was- How a could sh- you not? I mean, yeah, how could yeah. you not? <laughs> how could you come back to the dying? I mean, the thriving town <laughs> thriving of Iowa Falls. Metropolis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He constantly blared music in the car as a kid, and I attribute it to my hearing loss, and always encouraged <laughs> us to sing along. I I know Bill was jamming to just Credence and Ted Nugent 24-7. You're half right, because there was so much Credence. I don't, you weren't much for it. <laughs> oh, my God. Not much for Nugent. Who knew? Driving that Camaro with the top <laughs> off. Credence blaring. Baby. You know what? The best part about that is he got it. After he turned fifty, so the Camaro, oh, yeah, hey, yeah. That, that's a move. That's, I heard he put, I heard he put garbage bags down on the seats because, like, if any woman's riding with him, like, <laughs> it's gonna be soaked. <laughs> uh, you know what the worst part about that Camaro was? The radio didn't work. Austin, do you remember me having to play music on my phone in that Camaro? Yeah, oh. I think I do recall that. Actually. Yeah, because that's true. Because the radio Nightmare. was stuck on the attention mode, and we couldn't figure out how to get it off. Oh, son there was of no son remote of the beach. That. Yeah, that is my nightmare when I listen to music. Is having to listen to it po- like through a poor medium. Yeah, yeah. Oh. it's it yeah. is a nightmare, I hate it. and I lived it every time I drove his car. <laughs> oh man, uh, he. My dad clearly had no musical talent, but was always avid that his father, who was a World War II artillery veteran played the fiddle and accordion to them as children, like would sing and play. Very, very 50s, 40s instruments, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, uh, he said that the musical talent must have skipped a generation because my sister and I were both fairly musically involved. My sister did Mm -hmm. band and choir all the way through high school, and I sang choir through high school, and my mother actually sang in church quite a bit. She would get those little green instrumental tapes, and we would have to listen to her practice in her car all the time. That's so fun. <laughs> it's terrible. That's so fun to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was there was no music, no rift between your parents with your mom <laughs> listening to like like choir Go music it on the mountain, <laughs> and then just oh, in the background like. I want to know, have, have you ever seen Get in, Pam, we're going to the bar. <laughs> well, that's why it only made it two years, maybe five. Who knows? I was Wait, mostly. Uh, what? I, I mean, I, you know, now that I'm thinking. Maybe five. I think it well, might have actually been knows. kindergarten when they got married, now that I'm oh, thinking okay. about it. Because, I mean, it's mm. not something that's like a, a memory I really remember. I remember that the wedding reception was at the bowling alley, but that's about it. <laughs> That's, nice. that's Iowa Falls nice. for you. It's the truth. That's nice. And now it's closed, which is a <laughs> premonition of my parents' marriage. Uh, <laughs> all right. Shit. Anyway, I was mostly involved in sports during school. I also did choir, like I said, off and on. I did it all the way through high school. I'd fallen in and out of it. I hated the music selection, but there were always girls in choir, so I liked it. And mm. Nice. No mm. one wants to sing songs from Oklahoma, especially in middle school. Ethan, are you? Are you saying that our 30 person choir at our poor public school that didn't give a shit about the arts didn't do the first pick of the songs that were chosen? I don't believe that for a second. Come on. You know, are you saying are you saying that the the school didn't just go pick songs out of the community feeders trash can after they were done with them? I think what they actually did is probably went to the private school in Fort Dodge and got it out of their trash can. That's God. Yeah, they just I could yeah. easily be. Anyway, <laughs> my senior year, we had a decent small group of boys in chamber choir, and we ended up at Iowa State in Ames to perform 
with Jackson Herzog. He was in that small group. <laughs> yeah, man. He's just really talented he is. all he, around. Actually, we had a really crappy acoustic guitar in the choir room, and I couldn't recognize a note from hearing it. So I used to say, uh, Jackson, sing me an E. And he would give me an E, and I would tune the top to s- string and then tune the rest off that. My huh, friend Jackson yeah, is, is the very... most insane person in, you'd ever yeah. met. He got he's a 35 just... on his ACTs. Yes, he did. Yeah. He's a very smart man. He's a doctor now, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. He's a doctor. Yeah. He's a doctor. Everything, everything that you could do, he could do better. Literally yeah. the best guitar hero player you will ever see in your you life. You know what? He didn't the stay out for football. The only thing that I did better... The only thing that I did better than Jackson Herzog was create insulin out of my pancreas. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. he wasn't very good at that. That's true. <laughs> no. I don't. Uh, he, he's not very good. He's still with us. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's still doing yeah. fine. But yes, that is yeah, true. He runs, right. he runs marathons every Saturday yeah. and, and works out. And yeah, he's, the, he's the perfect More man. It doesn't matter. Be, yeah. <laughs> In high school, I became extremely interested in the uh, harsh vocals that I heard in the music that I had been listening to since middle school, and I decided that I needed to be able to do that. Bands like Asking (laughs) Alexandria, Drop for a Cowboy, and Haste the Day. So I had Mm. a really crappy setup in my attic with a cheap guitar amplifier. I don't even know if it had a brand name on it. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It It doesn't doesn't really matter. And it was not (laughs) the best setup ever. Hey, man, I I put a drum set in my room made out of the shells of my dad's old sets, and they had no heads on them, no hi-hats, no cymbals. I would just play on the rims of it, and that's how I practiced (laughs) for a couple years. So you you make do with what you got. That's right. You got to make do. (laughs) Oh, man. Prior to graduating, I decided I was going to swear into the delayed entry program for the United States Air Force. I got a shipping date of November of 2010. I kind of got to choose it because he asked when I wanted to ship, and I told him I wanted to stay over the summer. So yeah, good on you. Good call, over, too. Nothing, yeah. nothing scarier than a high school senior knowing you're going to get shipped overseas. Yeah. Nothing scarier yeah. than that. Terrifying. Mm. Got a really <laughs> good time that summer, though. <laughs> yeah, I did have a great time. So I started a little band with some friends. We called ourselves I Am The Actual. We wrote a few songs, but definitely had some inner turmoil within the band. It We didn't ever play a show. We got offered... One show for sure. It did, however, give me an urge to keep pursuing music that followed me into the military. That's all you need. Yeah. Sometimes those non-starters are exactly what you need. That's yep. right. Uh, just in the feel military, that fire under your bum. That's right. Just get it deep, deep inside my heart. In the military, I learned pretty fast that it was really easy to meet people that liked music as well. There were. It, it seems like everyone in the military... It, it seems like a last shot for a lot of people, especially some of the older ones <laughs> that join. Yeah, it's like I had a 2.5 GPA and I didn't want to have college debt. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> After basic training, I stay. I was stationed at Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi, Mississippi. I started there January 1st, 2011. While happy there, New Year, man! Happy New Year! Happy, yeah, happy New, New Year! Wow, yeah, so cool! It was awesome. While there, we had a little music room. It was at basically the center of all the training squadrons we had, and there was a synthesizer in there, a guitar, and a drum set, and a. I don't know if there's actually a PA, but I know there was a microphone that I used through something as a PA, and I spent a lot of Good time enough. in there. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely good enough. <laughs> On April 1st, though, 
I arrived in North Texas at Shepherd Air say, Force Base. I'm, yes, I'm surprised that having a music room on a on a base seems way more progressive than I would ever think that the military would be. <laughs> I don't like. I feel like the military that intentionally tries to like break you down. So letting you like explore some kind of arts is something I would not expect. Well, well this is if you think about training. it, the Air Force still has. In their in BMT in the Air Force, because of how traditional the Air Force is, they still have a military band that plays at um, basic training graduation. If you're in that's the, true. Yeah, yeah. If you're because I know that the Army has so many different training bases that they've kind of phased out the um, traditional marching band that plays for graduation. Yeah. But the Air Force is very traditional; only has one training base, so they. <laughs> If you join the marching band in the Air Force during basic, you play every graduation until you graduate, which I hear is debilitating. But anyway, (laughs) I had a a very close friend who watched a bunch of people leave for eight weeks straight, and then he finally got to leave. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I just... Oh man, he's a really good friend, but uh, he did not have a good time in basic. Yeah, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Just all <laughs> these people you're surrounded by that constantly leave. It's awesome. Mm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sounds um, fine. Sounds fine. On April first, I arrived in North Texas at Shepherd Air Force Base in Wichita Falls, Texas, for more training because apparently two months of training wasn't enough. I got a hold nah. of an acoustic guitar while I was there, and I made a couple of friends. They let me borrow this acoustic car, guitar that I got a hold of. I only got to play it on the weekends, and usually we went to the smoke pit to play it. So, yeah. First, let me tell you, you're an asshole for playing the acoustic guitar at a party. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I say am. that uh, done, up front. I've done it at plenty of your parties. Anyway, so. here's Wonderwall. <laughs> yep. Uh, second of all, it kind of blows my mind that you didn't like start playing the guitar until after high school, just because now knowing you, and this was uh, nine years ago, but knowing you now, it, the guitar just fits you so well. You're always breaking it's it like out, your man. Thing, yeah. That yeah, is and so because seems like you should have been playing it for longer. I did not put it in here that I started playing when I was 13. Actually, I have the first guitar I started playing when I was 13 that my mother gave me because my mother bought a guitar for lessons when I was 13. And I played it more than she did. So hmm. that's actually when I started playing. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's my that's story. Fine. I started playing when I was 13. I, I learned from tablatures because, like I said earlier, I cannot read sheet music. I didn't get a guitar lesson guy. I'd watch YouTube videos, and I'm, I'm a very good visual learner. I can watch someone do something and usually be able to pick it up. So that's how I learned guitar. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. It's fun. That's fun. Yeah. How fun is that? How fun is that? That's pretty fun. Yeah, very fun. Yeah. It's got me pretty fun. some shitty covers on the internet. After five more months <laughs> of training in Texas, I got cut orders to Oklahoma City at Tinker Air Force Base. And I arrived in Oklahoma City in July of 2011. It was really cool driving into Oklahoma City at the time because the Devon Tower, which sits in downtown Oklahoma City, was still being built at the time. So there's this giant crane just looming over the city with a partially built building just sitting in the center of town. They were still actively developing what they call Bricktown now, too. So it was, I had never lived in a big city before. So I was coming in. We don't have them. Yeah. We don't don't have (laughs) big cities in Iowa. Yeah. And And especially then, Des Moines is like kind of big now, but it was like a quarter of the size back then. It's, Tripled in size in the four month years I've been here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I was, I, and this it's is still not like still a, not a huge city unquote, in comparison. City, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Oklahoma City, I mean, it's not. 
It's big, obviously. I mean, it's got an NBA yeah. team. It's got a lot of stuff, but it's easy to get around. It's it's squ- it's mostly square mileage. It's not very um, what do I want to say densely populate populated, sure. but it was it was really cool and it was very surreal for me because I'd never been somewhere that big. And while in That's Oklahoma, cool. I worked on the E3, also known as the AWACS. Uh, no. Military abbreviations, please. No military abbreviations. <laughs> we are civilians, which I believe it. is the highest ranking <laughs> member of the military you could be in. I am telling you as an order, no abbreviations. <laughs> All right. This is, I, I don't, I think it's air warning alert control system. I think there it's air go. warning alert control huh. system. That's what I would okay. go with. I know that hmm, it's good. basically a giant snitch in the sky. It's got this giant dome on the back of it. It's huge. Oh, like, it's the plane. Yeah, it's the it's a giant airplane that I worked on. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a very, very cool yeah. airplane. It's a it's a Boeing 707 that's been converted into a military aircraft. It's essentially a commercial airliner with military shit on it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Is it any? Is it any movies that yeah, I may have would, seen? Uh, what would you we know, have seen it in? <laughs> if you've ever seen, I think it's the second Transformers. Which one's the second Transformers? I don't remember. I know the scene That's you're talking Revenge about. They're the in the Fallen. desert and they're circling around with the deploy AWACS. The AWACS. And yeah, yeah. They say it. I know they say deploy the AWACS. And <laughs> obviously, at the time we were. I was in the military when that movie came out, so everyone was like, this is so dumb. Because the way they portrayed it in the movies wasn't very accurate. Like, they used a mock-up interior that wasn't actually the interior. And when it was on the ground, they volunteered. I'm going to say they volunteered people to be in that scene. So it's it's not real. That's what it is. It's Hollywood. <laughs> oh, you don't say. Yeah. You could have been a Damn. movie star, man. Right. Yeah, you could have been on there. I think I don't think it would have flown. I I think at the time I was just like uh, zeroing my head because I was too lazy to fade it. I didn't start mm. fading my hair until like 2013 because that's when yeah. I started getting a little a little edgy in the Air Force. That's when I started changing my mind about things. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's when you decided you weren't going to be a lifer. And that's yeah. when I decided this shit fucking sucks. <laughs> so uh, I made it pretty clear in my shop that I was pretty interested in music music at the time i i wanted to try and jam with people and i found out that quite a few people in my squadron did play music and were jamming so i got in touch with one guy from my shop and like three other guys from a bunch of various other shops and we started jamming i think we're jamming on weekends is what we were doing and we're trying to play modern pantera we're trying to make it more um i I would say that it was more metalcore pantera if anything i do remember that yeah that modern style pantera song you put out that was called plank uh that was really cat you guys get it like like walk like pantera song walk but it's plank plank? i don't get it oh my god you get it like how the people used to plank like that was a that's something that's that's like a 2012 right people still plank is that a thing no, not for years. Yeah. Not for years. We should bring it <laughs> yeah. back. Why not? <laughs> Ever Why since not? that kid died. Yeah. yeah that's, that is pretty sad. We, though. <laughs> yeah. we had a lot of fun, but anything we did never saw the light of day. I pretty much was there because it was fun and because I was a minor at the time and was getting given beer, which I thought was awesome. And yeah. got Radical, to just, I just got to yell. And <laughs> I didn't get to yell very often. I'm being lying all the time. I needed an outlet. 
<laughs> you got it, brother. It's true. Odd. Although that project oh, didn't God. make much music, it did introduce me to a guitarist named John Reynolds. He was playing in the project at the time, and after the project fizzled out, we maintained a really good relationship. He started asking me to come over to his house instead because he made his own little home studio, and we started tracking some death metal stuff. It's pretty similar to Lamb of God or... There were even songs that we had that sounded like Cannibal Corpse, if you've ever heard them. But overall, I'd just call mm-hmm. it death metal. That's badass. Uh, in the in the military, you have to call it uh, casualty metal. Yeah, you're right. I forgot God. that. Yeah. Dad is in full form tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Dad Thank is you. here. So, Tony, how's it feel to be able to just Thank be a you. commentator when we talk now? Oh, this is so yeah, fun. This is not ca- not mm-hmm. normal for you. Yeah. How I love is it? it. Yeah. You like it? All right. Good. It's great. Maybe All we'll right. do this more often. So eventually we did get a decent lineup we had a bassist two guitarists a drummer and me on vocals that's a band that does sound yep just like a band that's that's a lineup isn't it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we did get a small show lined up at a rural oklahoma festival but we fizzled out before the festival actually fizzled out around (laughs) the Sometime in September of 2014, the uh, festival ended up getting rained out for, yeah, it got rained out. That's what happened. Yeah. Bummer. Uh, So about a month later, I got a message from a guy named Randy Rungi, who was playing in a band called Devour the Innocent at the time. He was the front man, but their drummer had quit. So he asked me if I would fill in on vocals because he had seen, I think he had seen our name on the lineup for... The festival called Malice Festival. I can't remember where it was at, but yes, Malice Festival for sure. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, <laughs> God damn it! Uh, I was super excited to be in this band because I had seen them a year before playing for like opening for Betraying the Martyrs, which I thought was awesome because mm-hmm. they had already days. had ground game. They already had. Confidence yeah, with little, yeah promoters. The world. Yeah, it's awesome. So I knew that if I at least filled in, I would get to do something. Like I knew I was going to get to do sh- shows since they were asking me to fill in. Because obviously, if you're a band and you need to fill in, you need someone for a show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I feel like I feel like the more like quote unquote hardcore your name is, the more generic of a band you are like <laughs> devour the innocent just makes for real generic music oh dude <laughs> you know i'll post it when it when it comes to that time it is uh, it is Pretty good huh it's music it's you know <laughs> it I, is music. I enjoyed at least one of the songs for sure i think i didn't like the singing that was on the tracks more than anything but it was mm. fairly not- for- forgettable I'm not, yeah, I'm not ragging on like you guys or anything, but I just feel like if they're like, all right, we got, we should name our band uh, uh, Fetus Testicles. Like, yeah. it's like, just going to be a Jesus. forgettable band. The worst like, part about the band name is it didn't match the sound at all, which obviously we'll talk about. Yeah, know, let's get into that. The Devour the Innocent is a not very good band name for a band that really talks about not brutal stuff. <laughs> so yeah. I jumped in. I think the second show I did with them, that was the point where they were like, do you want to be a full-time member? <laughs> you want to do this thing for real, man? That quick. I was like, you want to make this Hell Facebook yeah. official? I was like, yeah, man, please. Yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. It was October 2014. I remember that for sure. And 
So after that, we had a lot of turnover. The bassist quit. He was pretty sketchy. The guitarist mm. quit. He was the guy who was singing as well. So I took over all the clean singing that he had mm-hmm. written, which yeah. wasn't very good. And we introduced, introduced <laughs> a guy on the keyboards that was actually our roadie. He would help us set up drums and carry stuff into sets, which was awesome because he was... Oh, hell yeah. He ended up being fairly talented. I think he still is doing vocals for a band and definitely playing bass for another band. So he's definitely ended up taking what we gave him and going on. It's awesome. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. So for, glad that you had the success story there. We decided due to the high turnover and just an overall lineup change, we needed to rebrand. So we changed our band name to Letters to a Friend. We recorded a EP called The Ravenous as Devour the Innocent. And before it released, we decided that we were going to rebrand after it released. At the time okay. of the EP getting released, we call we had a pretty solid lineup. We had Brandon Burns on lead guitar and backing vocals, Blaine Olson mm-hmm. playing rhythm guitar, Brian Olson on bass, who was actually Blaine's, the Olson brothers. <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 no. The the Olson uncle and nephew. It's, it's pretty close. Oh, of course, very much close. different story. <laughs> Blaine and Brian. <laughs> Brian was an ex marine, so he's. He's pretty cool. Kind of intense sometimes. He's cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Makes and sense. then Jordan Johnson on keys, who was the roadie turned keyboardist, and Randy mm-hmm. Rungi on drums and backing vocals. We released that EP on November twelfth of twenty fifteen. It was God. I not, love it. We didn't. Every plan chorus is a fucking this. catchy as <laughs> shit. It's so catchy. It's it's catchy. The hooks but are incredible. We did not plan at all for this. I I want to say we planned poorly, but we just didn't plan. Mm. <laughs> I got the put, po- most poorly you can plan. Yeah, it's yeah. just not, not planning. We're like, not. let's just put it out. Let's not do anything for it. <laughs> I got put in a deployment for four months, so I left a day before it got le- released. I left on Veterans Day, the, literally the day before. Mm. I had mm. gotten married to my wife on September 26th of 2015, and I had a kid on the way due in July of 2016. I actually, I did not know that you had gotten deployed after you were married. I thought that you were basically on your way out. That's a surprise to me. And also, I should have uh, been in your wedding. So. <laughs> Ooh, you know, oh, God. Second not, one Tony got nixed from. You're not <laughs> wrong. You're not wrong. I'm so sorry. Oh, same person. Yeah, you're just, <laughs> just one time in my life. Did, did, you right you in like, did you like running sound? That's the real question. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, so Austin said, yeah, you'd be a DJ later, right? When I talked about being the middle school DJ. So I was supposed to be in someone's wedding, and they said, uh, they said, yeah, you're going to be you're gonna be in the wedding. Uh, you know, we got it lined up for you. And then they said, oh, one of my bridesmaids backed out, so you can't be, uh, you can't be in the wedding anymore. Uh, could you do sound instead? I still want you to be involved. And I said, oh, sure. Man, that's fine. No problem. Like, I understand. Get to the wedding. Oh and I God. talked to the bridesmaid that was supposed to be in the wedding, and the bridesmaid said, Yeah, they kicked me out of the wedding, and I don't know why. So we found out she didn't she didn't back out. They oh kicked her God. out and then kicked me out by association so that I could run the music for them. Austin. Which is so upsetting. Think yeah. about if they had kicked you out instead and you had to run the music. Oh my god, it would have been a train wreck, but it would have been more fitting because the guy we were there for, I was friends with because he was Tony's best friend when we became friends. Oh man. Yeah, it it is a little weird to me. Hey man, he chose me as the best man, and I don't. 
I don't know, man. I think that was maybe Tony anyway. Might have been Tony too. <laughs> so pretty. So fast forward a year. Ethan says, uh, we were talking about it, whatever, and and this guy was supposed to go to Ethan's bachelor party, doesn't go, uh, backs out on it Tony, at the last minute. You what? went to the bachelor party, right? Yeah, you were of there. Of course I went. Yes. I'm a good friend, yeah. No, I was there. You're and good so sound, Ethan, man. Ethan starts giving me shit about how he's like, oh man, I really wish that I could just kick this guy out of the wedding. Like my, my fiance really wants to kick him out, whatever. And then he starts laughing about it. And then he's like, man, how much does it suck that you had to run sound at that guy's wedding? And, it's just, and then he's like, so you want to run sound at my wedding? So I had to run sound at a second wedding. That's you a did damn great. Joke. You did a great job. You did a really. Yeah, well, I had a lot of practice. So, <laughs> so is that what you do? You DJ now weddings? Unofficially, not, not, not on purpose, not, <laughs> not on purpose, not on paper, not on paper. <laughs> hey, I gave oh you that God. sweet gold watch. You got the best consolation prize. It was yeah, a consolation. It felt like a consolation nice. prize. Yeah, and I also got, I also got forced up to the head table. I was sitting at my table, and you said my wife was at the head table because she was one of your wife's yes. bridesmaids. Yes. And she, and then you said, Tony, come come and sit with us. So you are all sitting at the table, and then I was sitting at the side of the table. Un- Comfortably with no room for my plate. Oh but my man, god, Tony, you really I did, treated me well. I did let you sit at the table. <laughs> yep, you made a point of it. I tried Maybe to make... we should just continue before this goes on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I am gonna need a DJ when when Hillary and I finally get done. So. I, I know oh, a guy. Christ I know sake. a guy that DJs weddings. You oh, have I know a guy too, and he's pretty good. <laughs> you have asked me to be your best man, but I'm fully intending to bring my headphone cable. Yeah, no, I. I quarter just inch jack so I can plug it into the PA system. <laughs> oh yeah, I just did that to get you there. <laughs> All right, Ethan, you're gonna have to step in as best man and Tony, you're demoted to Oh yeah. god. Also you lost your spot at the head table. Oh no. <laughs> so. All right. <laughs> All right, so before I left for the desert, I'd given the band a bit of an ultimatum because we were about to leave and we were I thought we were all pretty dead set on writing a full-length album, and I told them that while I was on the deployment, I would like it if they would send me some demo tracks so I could write over. Like, I thought that would continue progress as a band, and I guess the EP would do nothing, and I accepted that, and we would just put out a full-length. And I never got any demo tracks, not even one scratch track. So I quit. (laughs) Shit. It'll happen too. That'll happen time and time again. So damn upsetting because your guys' EP was like legitimately really, really good. Like, as Austin said, so catchy. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, like not getting to see a full length of that is pretty sad. But you not being in the band did help you get back to Iowa, which means that we get to see you more. So it's a give and take, I suppose. Yep. I, and I'm bittersweet, I'm as they say. Yeah, that's true. I was happy that I did the band. I got to play a ton of shows. We were playing. I think we played like 50 shows in the one year I was with the band. Like we were, I know there were weeks where we took. So fun. Like three shows a week for sure. Like we would take anything. I would, I was really good friends with a lot of the promoters. Two of them lived with me. One of them for a week and another for like a month. Like I was, I was doing what I could to get shows. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was definitely worth it. I got a ton of experience and a ton of exposure, which is it's important, right? It's very a important. Bit yeah. of an exposure. <laughs> <laughs> I did one more show with them after I quit, but 
in April of 2016. That was the end. I did a show where we were opening for I Set to Kill and Open Your Eyes, who God, actually had yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> it's it's it was so cool. There was it was packed. I did jam a little bit after that with the guitarist Blaine Olson and Randy Rungi and Brian Olson were all in this little project band, which eventually turned into All Seems Lost, which are still very active in the Oklahoma City area. It's it's good metalcore. Check them out if you like metalcore music. Jeff and Steve Hostetler are really good guys. And I mean, Jeff owns, I, I don't know if he owns it, but I know he works in a pot shop a lot, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool, oh, yeah. actually, yeah. Yeah? Hell yeah. And since then, I haven't done a whole lot since October of 2016. That's when I moved back to Iowa. That's uh, right when I got married. That's yep. right. I moved back to my wedding. Thanks, man. Let, my <laughs> wife was in your wedding. That's true. You were. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And that's Suck okay. on that one. That's okay. <laughs> I had to take care of Theodore at the time. It's totally acceptable. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, God, that's I've fair. had a perfect track record for weddings so that's far That's what I told myself at night, every night. <laughs> Since then, I've worked oh, at an ethanol plant, worked as a clerk at the post office, and now I'm back to school to work on aircraft again to get my airframe and power plant license because I want to work on planes. I like them. Shit, yeah. And I am just Hell, happy. Yeah. I'm here with you guys. I'm recording, and this is our one year. We made it one God. whole year. Woo! Cheers! Yeah, fucking, yep. Cheers. Quink, boys. Now, mm. Ethan and I grew up so wow. close, and it took so long for us to become Literally friends. It was a like block. It was Literally like end of me being a yeah. senior in high school. Yeah, okay. yeah. Real Austin, close. you know where your house is? Yeah. You know to the west where that little wooded area is? Yeah. I played in there so much. Like, uh, a lot. I, I, I made a fort. I played in the uh, wooded area straight across from my house uh, like all the time. Like towards Knudsen's? Yeah. Yeah. I used to sled like, on their hill. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. We, yep. See, we were just in each other's yards pretty yeah. much. And we just still- not friends. <laughs> I shouldn't say not because we were always like friends with other friends, but it was a, were, a very specific but, event that yeah. made us yes. become close friends, yeah. which I friends will talk about. Friends by proximity. Yeah. Because I'm the only one left, I guess. That's me, Austin Thomas. <laughs> Or uh, AJ Tommy at MSN.com, as the ladies used to call him. Yeah. <laughs> he was hot on that MSN oh, messengers, man. He was a lot of ladies did call me that. Yep. They're always talking to me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they better have a, a video lot. camera, dude. Talked to a lot of girls for a long time. Um, his, as a kid. I think his, his MSN status was double D or bust. <laughs> <laughs> Full sweater club only. I, I can yeah. honestly respect that. Yeah, that's an embarrassing uh, email that I made and kept till I think I was probably went to you and I actually. So you, you know, probably could still email it if you want I, to. I think it's still active because my uh, uh, Xbox Live goes through it. So. Hey, Tony. <laughs> hey, Chase. Yeah, hey, man. Austin. Yeah, what's up? I, I still have Ethan Bonin at MSN.com. Just no one else had my name, so it was mine. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like an initial and then Tommy, which is Tommy. not. Tommy. <laughs> like, uh, like you, you, you nicknamed your last name, which is very bold. I respect yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. man. I, it's, have, it's, you know, I, don't have it, I don't have explanations for a lot of things I've done. So. <laughs> it is the name of Grader would make. <laughs> so uh, I was born in an extremely small town in Iowa called Bradford, and I think it was like 200 people. There was a grain elevator and a mechanic shop. I think that. it's less than that now. Is it? So, yeah. yeah. No, I, I know my mom is yeah. up there. She was definitely in there somewhere. And yeah. 
I would try yeah, to ride my bike be. all the way around town, and then I would try to do it as many times as I could in an hour. It was a lot. Until so the voices <laughs> stopped yelling <laughs> in your head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Until I could just focus on something else after I've done that the certain amount of times I need to. Yes. But, but uh, we moved to Alden for a really short time, which is where Tony's parents own that bar. Still never really bumped into Tony till high school either. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, and that was like the same time you were your parents were doing that. Yeah, probably when I, I mean, but I was always, you know, hanging out in the back, freaking like doing un- like slave labor, yeah, sweeping yeah. the floors. I mean, yeah, stuff. that and was e- easily illegal. Surprisingly <laughs> enough, I wasn't allowed at the bar. So yeah, I guess you know. Uh, I didn't mention, but my baptism reception was at the bar. So that's, that's awesome. how trash. Yeah, where I was. else would it be? That's yeah. true, man. That's true. Yeah. Hey, man, my family did the bowling alley. Yours did the bar. Yeah, they both Love had it. bars. Yeah, they're both equally Iowa Falls. Um, they so we settled into Iowa Falls when I was in middle school. Uh, music was always pretty important to me. My stepdad and my dad both were really into classic rock, so I listened to a lot of Sabbath, Aerosmith, ACDC, Guns N' Roses. That was why I wanted to start with something along those lines for our mm-hmm. first episode. Um, but around middle school, I started branching off into you know. The quintessential 90s, early 2000s bands like Linkin Park, Slipknot, Korn. Oh, that kind of, yeah, all that kind of stuff. The stuff everyone started with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I took another weird turn back into classic rock, and then I got into uh, punk pop, pop punk too much in high school. I, I took a weird, I had a weird ride. I don't know. You're fun. You're yeah, fun. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was. <laughs> um so I started my first band when I was a senior in high school, and it was regrettably called Ready Thine Self. Really, that was awesome. Really, Ready really cringy. Thine uh, Self. Ready Thine, yeah. thine, thine Self. self. Yeah. Well, not Thine Self. Maybe thy, at what? Thyself is, is like grammatically correct. No, I don't. No, I don't think that's true. Uh, I don't know, man. We thought maybe we'd be a Christian band at one point. We didn't really know what we were doing, so we kept it open. You know, we all have a history and we have to move on from it. Any band can just kind of transition to Christian band anytime they want to. It's That's crazy. what we were thinking, yeah. That's just the power of you Jesus You never Christ. know when you need that sweet, sweet <laughs> Jesus money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. And, uh, and the uh, only reason that Austin is sharing this fun fact about Ready Thine <gasps> Self is because Austin and I threatened to publicly out him one way or another if he did Ethan it. And He's the, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ethan and you did. Yeah, him and you. Yeah. No, I knew that I'd be drugged right through the mud yeah, and my would, head would be held we, under. I would... Put, we were really I would ready. just break the page and put a whole sheet of blue. I would make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I believe we were going to do it one way or another. Yep. Listen, bad bands are still part of your history. Yep. You gotta yep. embrace them. Still a stepping stone. I wouldn't yep. have done anything right. otherwise. Yep. I get it. That metal TikTok cover would not have done itself. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's still on MySpace. It's still there. I'm glad that doesn't actually exist, and that's just a joke. Um, <laughs> Uh, pretty regrettable. I still really love those guys, although I'm still friends with them. James, All good guys. James Josh, and Zach, I love you guys. Nope, and, they're awesome. Uh, but, God, I fucking regret that band. <laughs> uh, funny story. Uh, funny little story here, what we're about to get into. I actually learned how to scream or yeah, whatever you want to call it. It all sounds dumb no matter what you say. Yep, no matter but, how you spin it, you sound yeah. like an idiot. Yeah, exactly. I learned to do that from Ethan completely by accident, and it's how we became close friends. And Look at that. Yeah. You know it's what? Pretty, I remember what? the first thing... 
that I said to you. I just asked you if you inhaled or exhaled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so here's here's what happened. Um, Austin. What? Did you inhale? No, he exhaled. no. I can't Puss, do that. Yeah. Pussy's inhale. Yeah. I was I was trying I was <laughs> doing like a like a Bill Clinton. I didn't oh, inhale. The, he didn't inhale the marijuana. <laughs> yeah. He only yeah. puffed on Thank it. Thank you. Thank yes. you. <laughs> All right, go on. Chunk. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway. Fat chunk. <laughs> um, so uh, this happened to be at the exact time that Ethan was trying to learn for himself in his dad's attic, like he said. And I had a couple of friends that wanted to start a band. Nothing ever came of it. But um, I jokingly said that I would sing in it. And I had no idea what I was doing. Never even tried at the time. And then they were like, well, we actually want you to if if you will. So I said I'd give it a try. And I sang in my car a lot. And one day, which I uh, believe this was on spring break, I was in my car singing along something and then I got to Casey's went in to get a drink and I get a call from Ethan frantically screaming were you inhaling or exhaling <laughs> and I was like what are you talking about and he was like and, uh, and Austin you, said and Austin said uh did not it's true I'm glad we circled oh, back man. to it already I'll this joke till the fucking cows come on oh man <laughs> So I I was like I don't know what you're talking about and he was like you just called me and left me a voicemail of you screaming in your car where what, what are you doing right now and I was like nothing he was like come to my dad's this right now so I went straight to his dad's and spent the next like four straight days of break there and we made a lot of really bad videos that I think we've buried uh, at are, this point they're gone they're definitely there's there's only pictures left that's all you'll get. Oh, God, and we was... will give them to you. Yes, we'll yeah. give you anything. No, I, I commit the pictures, and they aren't good, but you'll get them. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Yeah, gone are the days, man. Gone are the days of just being able to call someone, tell them to come over, and then seeing them five minutes yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely will come over right now. Simple, beautiful time. <laughs> yep. Such a good time. Oh, but now I don't take phone calls, so. Yeah, uh, phone calls are the <laughs> worst, true. man. That's true. Just text me, tell me what you're thinking, and then if you still want a phone call, then yeah, think about yeah. it. If it's Austin's serious got enough. A, Austin's got a very short list of people he will answer the phone to, and I'm on that list, and I exploit it more exploit often than I should. I would, yeah. I would like to think that <laughs> I'm on fun. that list because I don't do it very often. I think yeah, I remember. No, the, I, think, I think if you called, I'd pick yeah, up. Yeah, I think I remember the last call because I think I was with Zach at Northwestern. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. And then I came. And yes, then I you did. did. Then I did drive an hour and forty-five minutes to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you did. And I respect that. <laughs> so after Ready Thyself, I joined a band that we had played with quite a number of times called Such Creatures Exist. They were based in Cedar Falls, which is where Tony and I moved to go to U and I. So it go worked cats. out kind of perfectly. Their singer had quit, and um, they had a pretty decent following. So I was able to mm -hmm. just try out got it and was able to play a lot of shows it was it was pretty fun it was awesome yeah i remember yeah. the show i went to the show where uh they invited you on stage and said this is our new vocalist and the old vocalist was there and you guys did a song together and then the My old buddy ben, still still love you i got yeah. to, shook, I got he to shook see your him. hand and then he then he walked off stage and you were the vocalist it was awesome i yeah. got to see you play with onward to olympus and it was a very good show yeah, I believe that was with Kingdom of Giants yep. and Volumes Kingdom as of well. Giants yeah. too. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, and during a show that I played with them, one of my friends, Jordan, came and watched, and he was actually in a band called Stand United. They're a straight-edge band, and I really liked that band at the time. They were one of the few like bands in Iowa that was really – like they 
were touring Canada and the States and all that and put out they a were full doing length. It. Yeah, yeah. And so he he pulled me aside and he was like, hey, I'm starting a side project that, with uh, my guitarist that I'd think you should try to sing for and so we did a couple rough demos and it was gonna just be a side thing for him but it started rolling super quick and we found a really good drummer in des moines and then sadly also a dj because <laughs> that's really what we were doing at the time uh, really went for it really going yeah. for one specific band sound um, <laughs> just one austin austin lived in cedar falls at the time and he and jordan lived in des moines and so he was driving the two hours like every single week to go yeah. practice with them like oh, he was yeah. he was really committed to the band yeah. which is awesome and every Aust- sunday oh. we went <laughs> And a big thing that helped with that was that Austin was like a really big fan of Jordan. Uh, Jordan Griner was his name. He was like Austin said in Stan United, and like Austin kind of fanboyed when he found out that he that Jordan was in Stan United, and he was also going to U and I. Uh, and I just liked the band. I didn't want to be weird. <laughs> that uh, made you a little it weird. Ended up making me be weird. Yep. Yeah. Weirdo. Jordan, Jordan lived in our dorm our freshman year, and so it took a pretty long time for Austin to even work up the courage to talk to him. Uh, and I'm saying this not as like a as an insult. I think it's really cute and really fun, and uh, I, I think it's awesome. And Jordan, if you're listening, thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, I tried <laughs> so hard to not be weird, and that's just you know you are weird. I, just, I, we I, all, I think we all are. And I yeah. try Tony's to escape not. it, and that's know. when it We're gets all bad weird in our own way. Yes, we yeah. are. So uh, we were going by the name Parasite and uh, at the time, and it was just super corn coal chamber worship, which whatever you want to say about that, I still love it. And you can find that at soundcloud.com slash Parasite IA. Which we will link. Uh, yeah. Yes. It's, it's I, I still like it. But um, this eventually formed into the band Ghost Hive, which was my main focus in life for like a good four years. Yeah. Quite yeah. a long time. And yeah. you guys yeah. had to change your name because you were told Parasite was too common, right? Like the name was probably already taken or too too hard to actually and find. Two syllables was a big well, thing I heard. Yeah. we had a, We had someone working with us that was interested in producing us at the time, but he was in a band that didn't, it just didn't work out at all. Kind of fizzled, but, um, we, yeah, he told us, he was like, this name's way too common. You need something that's going to be that people can search and have no, no conflicting, uh, you Google know, pop-ups. Yeah, like exactly. Google something results. something you can Google easily Parasite, access. It'd be way hard to find yes. the band parasite. Yeah. It's such a common word. And so his his advice was pick something that is either one word, two syllables, or two words, one syllable each, because that's the easiest thing that gets stuck in people's head. It's easy to chant. It's it's you know something you won't forget. So we uh, made a huge list of nouns and just spent like a few days piecing random words and together. This, and this guy who told you to do this uh, is very well versed in knowing that because the band he's in is one word with two syllables. I'm yes. not going to say it because we, we don't got need told to not say to it. at the time and That's it's not right. a thing anymore. That's so right. So I probably we'll could, but there. I don't. We're uh, not, leaving it there. I'm a little too superstitious. Yeah. Yep. And so anyway, um, the uh, yeah, what was I saying? Where was I? Oh, yeah. So basically we tried to 
uh, take our love of Slipknot, Corn, Zombie, Pantera, and Hatebreed and just kind of mash that all together. I don't know if we accomplished it or not, but we did put out an EP uh, that you can find pretty much anywhere you stream anything, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. It's called Alone Again. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's five songs. And then we put out a music video for one of those songs. Um, and we put out a second music video, but that was just like a, a media video. But we put out one actual video that was, uh, you know, the band playing and then kind of a a storyline. You can find that on YouTube. Just look up Ghost Dive. We got a few things there. It's very professional. Very, very professional. It's very good. It's a lot of fun to do. It was, awesome. a, it was a pretty wild process. It was awesome. I invited you to your first recording session, but you didn't invite me to my first ever <laughs> music so, video session. Well, so I'm so sorry. Just something, to, just something to think about when you go to bed tonight. We did half of it in an abandoned house we weren't supposed to be at. So, I mean, <laughs> so we didn't want to have too many people tagging along. We didn't want two people tagging along. <laughs> yeah, that's my whole excuse right now. I'm not that's backing into a corner or anything. I would so make thin. plenty of excuses to why you didn't make someone in something. Yes. <laughs> it oh, works. Oh, God. Yeah, I guess. Yep. yep. So we, uh, yeah, we put out all that stuff. Um, we played a shitload of shows over, I believe, four years, and we recorded a second four-song EP, but that sadly only exists on our hard drives. It never got released. Okay, one, your EP shreds. It's super good, Thanks, and it's man. part of my running playlist, and uh, it's always pretty motivating to hear my boy come on. Uh, <laughs> it's always fun to just be like, that's... That's Austin. Right That's Austin. In your ear. That's Austin right in my brain right there. <laughs> so and good. two, is there a chance we could ever get that second EP to come out? Because Ethan and I have heard it and it is very, very good as yeah. well. It's very happy. <laughs> it's awesome. We've we've tried we thought about just putting it out for free, but um we are locked out of our CD baby <laughs> account. So <laughs> gotta figure that out. And we're also Shit. still not a hundred percent sold that we wanna just put it out i don't know i heard cd baby's password encryption is like fort knox so that makes yeah, sense you'll that you never can't get in there in tub. Yeah, we, we don't know what it is at all so uh, yeah uh yeah sadly things kind of fizzled with that because half of us thought we needed to be touring and um like pushing that really hard on top of releasing new material and then kind of half of the band thought that we could just keep playing in our kind of area and keep releasing videos and EPs and stuff and just build that way. Uh, and basically that led to it just all falling apart. So, mm-hmm. um, and we tried to getting it going a second time with a couple different people, but that only lasted like a year and then fizzled. Well, the big, I think a big thing, if I may jump in here is that, uh, you and Jordan Griner were the two, like big, you guys were the the engines pushing this yeah. whole thing forward. He wrote and, all the music and I wrote all the vocals yeah, other than Jor- like drums. He, he just wrote all the guitar stuff. And, and yeah. Jordan moved to Japan. And so like, you know, having someone that lives literally across the world from you makes things pretty difficult. And he, I think he wanted to like do like practice guitar parts and send you guitar parts and stuff, like send you parts yeah. over, over the internet, writing. but, yeah. but yeah, and obviously that makes things very difficult. Yep. Uh, and uh, also, Jordan, if you're listening, thanks for listening. Huh. Yeah, he's a great yeah. musician. Thank thanks you, Jordan. Again. Super talented. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the most talented people I've ever met. He's a f- insane person on the guitar. He's got them Robert Johnson fingers. Yeah, oh, he seriously so nice does. To watching me too. those things, watching yeah. those things move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
I don't know. I'm I'm still doing stuff here and there. I started a project with my fiance's brother-in-law Griffin called Far Gone, and we it's just like fast, aggressive, kind of metalcore more more so than hardcore. I don't know. It's in a weird. I don't, I don't even know what to call it. Just go listen to it. It, 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 We have a seven-song EP on anywhere you can stream music called Dead Minds. Um, We started that, uh, I think, almost two years ago now. Uh, Yeah. And we've talked about doing stuff with it eventually. I don't know if we will. He's in a band called The Acacia Strain, so that is his, like, (laughs) career that takes all of his time up. So who knows? Um, Did you guys ever play? that or did you just like no, record it and put no, it out? No, that was the idea was was to uh, be a band that he could we could play shows when he was back but yeah, then, they, uh, then they wrote two albums in a year so he got a little too <laughs> busy. To two uh, incredibly successful <laughs> yeah, albums. Yeah, so. they're, they're the well, Acacia Strain well. is doing great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, Go that, listen that, to those. That, uh, that, that EP shreds. So thanks, I don't, man. I'm, thanks, I'm man. not like a huge metal fan but anything Austin does I really like but I'm I may be biased in that, but I, I, I always like listen to his stuff. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, You're that welcome. is called Far Gone, and uh, the EP is called Dead Minds. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also doing a band called The Edicule, and I started that with um, the, the drummer of Ghost Hive, Tyler. Uh, he's he's just been writing a shitload of stuff, and so me, him, and our friends Brandon, Matt, and Dan, we've uh, all had that going. We put out a music video we've played a bunch of shows already and uh, i'm supposed to be possibly starting another project with brandon and matt and our friend jackson but just with the world how it is who who knows what's gonna happen oh man yeah and that that hearing that really kind of hits me harder than like any of ours like no offense to ethan or anything but like you know we're 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 married and have kids and our our musical lives are kind of behind us but like austin is incredibly talented and he also really wants to be a musician that's all i was trying to do for a while i also don't know if i'd agree with incredibly talented i only do the one thing and most people would Contest that is not talent. Hey man, <laughs> I only do people. one thing as well, and I am very average at it. And you are very good at yours, so oh I would say talented. Yeah, yeah, every job that he does now, he's just—it's basically just him buying time until like he can do more music. So yeah, it's always like every time he's like, "Yeah, I'm starting up a project with these people," or like, "I'm I'm doing this," or like, "Check this." Out. Like he's always the most enthusiastic about his music, and it always makes me the most happy when he talks about his. <laughs> music that's yes. his passion and this oh. podcast of course uh but it really sucks <laughs> yeah, to no. hear that there, there's no timeline on the on his on these next projects because like I really honestly this it. thing is taking up take i'm this is happily taking up my time like i'm very this is <laughs> I, I had no idea this would evolve into yeah a, i didn't realize it was gonna so keep going to it's, it's a lot of work <laughs> you did wow. not just, i'm just, just kidding we it's a joke. Do one episode and call <laughs> yeah, it quits i thought this was gonna fizzle when we were yeah. all drunk on the floor at 3 a.m <laughs> who knew who knew no, that's when get, it got stronger yeah yeah and say so that just really built the bonds that's what it did oh, oh man yeah. no. one year one I'm year we did so it. So freaking glad we got here. Freaking, yeah, we're doing it. Austin, who who have you opened up for? I think that that's something that need that yeah, can't be understated. Um, I guess we play. We've opened for Amir a couple times, uh, Motionless and White a couple times. We yeah. played with Attila. We played yeah. with American Head Charge. Okay. Um, we 
played with Suicide Silence. Yeah. Um, Suffocate. You said volumes Uh, earlier, which is with a different band, but still, volumes is still big. Yeah. Acacia Strain, um, Fit for a King. uh, And uh, the the, the last show that you were supposed to play on April 2nd. Yeah, you're going to open up for August Burns Red. Got canceled. Yeah, that got I was gonna go to that bosh. show. Then I was yeah. gonna give you the mic the whole time. I was gonna oh, get in the audience. Man. Actually, <laughs> oh, I'm sad. Wait. I'm ready for the world to open back up. I need up, the man. wedding I open. This. I need, I need yeah. this. I need a show, man. I need yeah. a show. Seriously. I'm ready for it. Here. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It has but, been nice being able to record every week, though. Yes. Oh, this has been so much fun. Yeah. I'm honestly very much enjoying this. Was that'd be awesome? Yeah. Speaking of, we got a few things on the docket. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So at the beginning of the episode, I kind of teased. So before I get to that, I just want to say, like, so so those are our stories. That's where we kind of came from. That's our musical history. Those and we're we're three stories of people who didn't make it. Like, and and if you'll if you've listened to our past episodes or if you know about past episodes, like about musicians, our stories aren't like a ton different than, than a lot of the bands that did make it. Like a lot of these bands that did get world famous, huge, like, so that's kind of where, where my interest, where it's like, what did they do differently? And, and they're, they're more talented than us. I'm not going to, or more talented than myself. That's not what we're trying to say here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah. What did they do? How did they get things exactly right to be able to walk up those steps that most people, including us three so far have slipped down and, and, and like, so that's kind of that's why we wanted to start the podcast. That's why we love to do it. So I'm I'm glad that you guys Obviously, sat through listened to our story because yeah. yeah, thank you. Obviously, talent is first and foremost, but there's a big amount of luck. chance that yeah that falls into all these stories <laughs> so that we've much covered. Luck. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, what, what's the what's the old saying there? Uh, uh, determination and luck meet makes makes for opportunity. Isn't yeah. that what it is? Opportunity is the crossroads between luck and yeah something like that yeah Yeah, you know what we're saying uh (laughs) something so so yeah we i mean just us three so far just or you know us three didn't haven't had that 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 opportunity we and the determination is there for some of us and not for others uh that's why some of us play for (laughs) our 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 bedroom walls and some of us play for big crowds but that's fine i would love Um, to get a bar cover band going though it would be pretty sweet if we just made a sweet set list to play yeah we could make like money playing at a bar we could actually Mm. make money instead of just dishing out tons of cash (laughs) very much very much look forward to that um yeah so that's so that's that's kind of why we want to do this episode the other reason we want to do this episode as i teased at the beginning we've got some personal stuff going on it's mainly my personal stuff uh and Ethan and Austin have just been nice enough to not say like, no, we should keep doing like these hard research episodes. They've been nice enough to say, oh no, you've got a lot going on. So I've got, uh, I'm, I am buying a house later this week. And so, uh, I'm going to be fixing that up and moving into that. And then in a couple weeks I have a baby due. My wife and I are pregnant. By the time that you hear this episode, we'll actually have a baby. Uh, we're kind of front loading our episodes so that we can take a little break. So that I can be a dad for a little bit. Um, so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to kind of do these more casual episodes. The next two are going to be a little bit more in line with what we've done in the past, but they're going to be a different brand of what we've done. So for they're next week, kind of fun. 
very next week, one. we are going to do a one-off on one-hit wonders. So we're going to look at like 10, 10 songs or 10 bands that kind of, you know, they had their one big hit and then they kind of fizzled out that are never going to have their own episode. But we're going to look at kind of why, how they formed, how they got their one hit on the radio, and then kind of how they died out or whatever, what the one song is about. We'll just take, you know, an hour and a half to just kind of talk about that. And then after that, we do that episode, we are going to do an Our episode. Most morbid episode. <laughs> oh, man. Just a lot of <laughs> Definitely the most morbid. We're going to do the 27 Club. So we're going to look at a couple, like probably again, 10 or so musicians that yep. have all uh, kicked the bucket either by their own accord or by the world's accord uh, at the magical, infamous age of 27. And we're going to do probably bands that either we have covered, if we're going to, we may talk about Robert Johnson again. He's kind of the founder of the 27 Club. Yep. Or we're going to do. Oh, gee, baby. Or we're going to do, you know, other big ones, Kurt Cobain or Jimi Hendrix. We're going to look at stuff, uh, artists like that. Just Amy. because we're just, yeah, just because, just, just because we're I'm covering them. Someone fun. <laughs> just because we're doing them uh, on this episode doesn't mean that we're not going to cover them in depth later. We're just going to look primarily at their death, what they were, it is, how, how they died. It is bleak, but it's such a phenomenon. We got to cover it. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, happens so frequently yeah. that it, would, it needs to be said. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. So we're yeah, excited I'm for excited. it. Um, in the meantime, if you want to find us on social media anywhere, you can do that. We're on in five, W E R E, on in five, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Ethan is running those now, and he is doing a literal phenomenal He's job. He's absolutely crushing it. <laughs> yeah, like multiple, multiple posts a day and taking and the world by storm, bro. Oh, it's man. always He's killing fun. it. Such fun tidbits. I know. I, I yeah. really so am trying you, to be fun. <laughs> if you want to go learn more about the bands we're doing, like in depth and have more visual visual stuff, go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We also have a website, we're on in5.com. I update that. Uh, I update it a little less than Ethan, very much less than Ethan, but I kind of update it with things that we talk about in episodes and little bonus details, stuff like that, uh, videos and stuff I put on there, as well as the books that we read, I put on there and link them to Amazon so you can go buy the books if you're interested in any of the stuff we, we talk about. You can go check it out on there. If you want to find me on any social media i am anton is on in five a n t o n is on in five on twitter and instagram if you want to find ethan anywhere where can they do that my guy on twitter you can find me as ethan bonine on instagram you can find me as bones for bonine and i always say it and i'll never stop please email <laughs> us because i check that like at least daily probably multiple oh, yeah. times a day I will got it linked up to our phone. Multiple times a day, I bet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. Linked up to our phones, and we are ready always for it. searching for yeah, it. So right. send us something. Please talk. Please talk to us. <laughs> want someone to reach out. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me up Oh God, yeah. Tell Austin, what think. about you, man? What I think you have a uh, social social medias, right? Oh, I got some medias. Yeah, mm. I've got a few of them. I am on Twitter as T H O M A A A F. I'm on Instagram as Austin underscore Thomas O nine. Mm. Uh, I'm not very active on social media, though. I'm pretty bad at using it. So I would say, and as I've said before, just follow the 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 podcast's Instagram because Ethan is just really showing that thing what's boss. Oh, he's killing it, man. It's, yeah, we, we, it's good. We paid for stuff. We paid for an account on our social media manager just so that we could post stuff more often and, and kind of plan things out and be pretty strategic with it. So we are, right. we're growing up in the social media world. So if you don't believe us, go check it out. The other thing we have, if you want to, 
uh, now that I feel now that we're a year in, we can really milk this. Is we have a Patreon. Um, <laughs> yeah, that makes it okay. Right. Start One asking year. for money. Ask, now give us, give us that money, 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 money. Give us um, money. So Subtle. yes, so <laughs> so uh, yeah. If you go to patreon.com slash on in five, we're on there. Uh, we update it. We try to do it once a month. We don't like put. We don't force ourselves to figure out stuff to put on there, but we kind of try to do something once a month or something with every series, just so that it's a little, it's a little bonus thing. Uh, the other thing that you can get is you can get all episodes a day early, so all of our episodes come out Monday morning. You can actually get them on Sunday on there. So if you want to listen a day early, you can do that. It only costs a dollar to join. Uh, you can join. You can do as much as you want. We most people who do it do five dollars, um, or everyone who does it has done five dollars so far. But you can do <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. Just give us five. I, I love those two people. They're great. But yeah, if if you if you want to give to us, if you think we deserve it, that's perfect. If you don't think we deserve it, that's also totally fine. We're never gonna we're never gonna put anything behind a paywall. Everything's gonna be free for you guys forever. Um, if at the very least, if you could like and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts, just 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 quickly click those stars. We would love so to get helpful. that. Please yes. give us some ratings. That helps us get seen more and gets our name out there a little bit more so we are uh we would love it if you did that but yep. we're not gonna we're not gonna hunt you down if you don't that's for that's for damn sure yeah, so we would never do that <laughs> would we'll never find... show up at anyone's house and ask why <laughs> <laughs> um so that's it that's it for this episode thank you for indulging us as we talked about our own histories i hope that it was interesting i hope that you didn't get too bored and if you made it this far we're gonna indulge you with one of our songs from our own past what do you guys want to sing all right.